Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. So we're going to, this is Bobby Brown. I'm excited to have him here. We've been working through our identity series. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's good. And so uh, we got Bobby Brown here. I keep saying Bobby Brown. Uh, Bobby, how many kids do you have? It's just a, a feature about a, of you I love. How many kids do you have? So as of right now, we have six children. Six children. All that has been in the last 10 years. So <laughs> they're all actually nine years. So nine. So we have six kids, nine and under. So we have a lot of fun right now. Come on. Yeah, Bobby, is, uh, Bobby and Jen, his amazing wife, are part of our marriage group, which was meeting until uh, the COVID hit us in, uh, across the face. Um, and uh, I definitely know them really well, and we've been friends for years. Um, actually, part of our, like I said, part of our presence board we have. Um, I, lo- I wanted to bring um, Bobby in. He's got a rich history of, of ministry, but also a lot of history in, um, in, uh, in business and in just doing life uh, outside of a full-time ministry and stuff like that. So I wanted to bring him in. Um, I'm excited about today. You know, Bobby, we've been going through a lot of uh, um, identity stuff, and so all of our all of our talks for the probably the past three months almost have been around identity, from righteousness to to sonship, to uh, to recently our our identity as royalty, as sons and daughters of the king and queen. And you know, I didn't want to restrict you only to royalty, so I just kind of asked you to come and share what is what has been um, what has been feeding you in this in this message in 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 the message of identity of God speaking identity into you. Before we do that, let me just pray for us, Father. I just bless Bobby Brown here, God. I pray that you would speak to him and and me as we just kind of as we discuss more aspects of uh, of identity and who you are in us, Father. I pray for your Holy Spirit. It's just been a great service already, God. I pray for your Holy Spirit to just come in and wreck us, God. Would you speak to everybody's heart? Holy Spirit, would you just overwhelm our senses at times, God? Would you drop revelations that, uh, that, that come from heaven and not just from man? But God, there would be a place of, uh, uh, of learning and growing, God, from this time, Lord. I pray that everything that is said and shared, God, would be manifested and activated in people so that we would, we would act out what we're learning and not just let it fill us up. So, God, we love you, and uh, we just we need you. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Bobby. Share a bit for us. Amen. That is so good. So, yeah, coming into the, this series of identity, and Jesse asked me to share on identity, and I told him on the phone, it is so massive. It is so encompasses everything that we do as believers. Um, and so, you know, from being literally from being in the dark to getting our salvation, coming to know the Lord as our father and become a child and son or daughter of God to then being commissioned. And so that's so encompassing. Um, so where I wanted to start was really just knowing who's with us and knowing our God, because if we know who our father is, we know his attributes. And so as we behold him, we, be, we become more like him. And so out in Exodus 3, Moses in verse 11, you know, God's saying, I want you to go and I want you to actually lead my people into freedom. And Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So Moses is in a sense questioning his identity. Like, who am I? Why would you... Who am I that they would even listen to me? Who am I to, to go to Pharaoh, the king of the land at the time? 
And this is what God says. God says, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you. That is, I who have sent you, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God on this mountain. So God basically said, I'm going to be with you. That's what you need to know. And so as us as children of God, it's like, I've always known that God, since he came into my life, he's with me and he's, he knows us. Uh, in Romans 8, God says, he knew you. He knows you. He foreknew you. He predestined you. And so just knowing, I think that God knows me and is with me, it changes everything. Because if I know that God created the whole universe, he created every molecule, and that same God literally knows me in every part of my heart, every part of my thoughts, my emotions, my whole life, that that is the most powerful thing I can know, that God really knows me. And, and so you in your life, you know, all of us, if we're believers, we have encountered God in some way, in some point of our life, and hopefully this morning. And if not, let's do it right now. Let's do it tonight. Let's do it during this, this video. But God is wanting us to encounter and experience his love. So, so I'll take you back to, to 20 plus years ago when God literally called me out of darkness and that encounter was really actually of him as a father and showing me how much he loved me as a father. So I, some of you know my story, but I had a great dad my whole life, but I didn't have a mom. And so that was a big pain in my life as a child where my mom literally left uh, when I was a baby and just chose a life of drugs over me. So when I became an adolescent, 12-year-old, I, I actually went down. I, I was in darkness. I, I, I decided to use a lot of drugs. And one day, actually, when I was 16 years old, so from 12 to 16, I was heavily just in sin and, and not walking with God at all. Even my dad taught me about, he brought me to church, taught me about God. So I literally was overdosed on drugs. And I was dying by myself in my room. As, as imagine a 16-year-old, I can't imagine my son, he's nine right now, uh, just a few years from now, him getting into drugs. So that's how old I was. So just thinking about that is, is hard to imagine. But I was in excruciating pain, and I knew what I was doing was wrong. And I was so scared. I didn't want to die, and I didn't want to tell anybody either. I didn't want to tell my dad because I didn't want to get in trouble, even though I actually could die. And so in that moment, all I could do is I just cried out to God and I said, God, will you please save my life? Forgive me for what I'm doing. Don't let me die and I will stop doing drugs and I will, and I will follow you. And right when I said that, God came in and instantly the pain left my body. But even, which was even more special than that, God showed me himself as a father and he showed me that through memories of shaking the hands with my pastor, with different father figures, giving my pastor a hug, giving my dad a hug. And it was really Father God coming in and saying, I love you. I love you. And it's, and it's powerful just, to, just even remembering that because I literally was going to die and I thought, I'm not going to be able to move my hands tomorrow. And God just came in as a dad and said, I love you. And, and he healed me. And I literally wept for five hours plus deep weeping of just the love of God. And it was a powerful moment. So all that to say is 
for each of our, that was my personal encounter, which was life transforming. And those encounters go on and on throughout our life. And ultimately that is our destiny to be in his presence. And so, and so for you, it is so important for all of us to have those encounters, to have those, he says we live on the word of God, not just by food, by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the voice of our father. And so when we actually hear his voice, it is life changing. And so to practice his presence, to know his voice is such a gift. It's by the grace of God that no man can boast. It is by grace we've been saved. And so hearing his voice, I pray for my kids, Lord, let them know your voice. Let them see you. Let them have a heart of understanding, ears to hear, eyes to see. And that's what I pray for everybody watching, that you have eyes to see God, ears to hear his voice, and a heart of understanding his ways. Now it says in the word that Moses knew the ways of God. It said, God, showed, God made known his ways to Moses. And God showing the people of Israel his works. I'm going to let that sit in because it's, it's different. Knowing his ways is different than seeing what he does. And, in, and, and as you know, in John 15, Jesus talks about, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. For, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but a friend knows the heart of his master. So the, the point is, is when you're a friend of God, when you're a child of God, and really when you mature into a friend of God, you really know the heart of your father. You know his ways. And it's so important to know his ways. So with that said, because there's so much life circumstances and it's really just not, it's so multifaceted. God is so multifaceted. Um, when we know God, we know who that is God with us and we know who he is. It changes how we do life. It gives us boldness. It gives us faith to take action when things look impossible. So I want to share a little, uh, I'll share a st- short story of just practically. Yeah, come on. I love Bobby stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I won't want to get into every single story of, uh, cause God is just doing so much, but we've had, as you, as we said, six kids now. Um, so I, so I'm going to talk about a little bit of principle of knowing who God is and also of sometimes exercising faith. So this one's a principle where, uh, when we had our daughter, Aurora, uh, everything was perfectly fine. And my wife was, uh, we're in labor and literally we're in the hospital and she just took, took a little selfie, posted on Instagram. Hey, just here I am in labor. And if you know, Jen, you know, just, she's sitting there sweet looking, just being all peaceful. Well, right after that, the doctor came in and decided to break her water to induce labor for good thing. The doctor did that because, and the doctor was there because right when they did that, all these alarms just got set off in the hospital because the heart, uh, the uh, heart rate just dropped of the baby. What happened was, and honestly, I don't remember all the, the name of this particular problem, but, uh, there was literally a 1% chance of survival. Everybody rushed in, tipped her on her, on her knees, rushed her down the, down the hallway, and they did not have time to, um, and do, to um, numb her pain 
because they had to do an emergency C-section, they literally took a knife and cut her belly open without any pain medication. And so that is just at the beginning of this experience. Now, I knew that God had called us to have a daughter and that she would live. And I, and I also knew that because I know that God, when he t- says something, that he'll provide for that grace and for the call. So if God says to Moses, hey, I'm going to take you out of the, the, these oppressors of Egypt and take you across into the promised land, well, God is going to show up. And so God shows up, and this is a lot of faith for Moses because he's leading a whole group of people that could get slaughtered if he's not hearing from God. And they go across the ocean. I mean, if, if the Red Sea, if, if, if God didn't do that, all these people will die. Yeah. So knowing the stories and the history of God, that's why we say God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, we remember his wonders. We remember who God is. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Mm. God, our provider, and we need our provider sometimes. We need our healer. We need Emmanuel, God with us. And so in that moment, we just, there was a peace that came upon me and it's all by grace. And, and so I just knew that she would live. And uh, so we proclaim life. Anyway, short story version, Aurora's lives and her APGARDS tests were just really perfect within like 20 minutes. So everyone's crying. People are like, wow, this is a miracle. Jenny's fine. She's healthy. Well, then about three days later, she was having all these seizures and we did an MRI. They had to hook her all up to this. uh, We have photos of all these. Have you seen those photos? Of Ariel, right? Of Aurora. Aurora, Aurora. And they have, uh, they connected her to uh, all these machines. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'll have to show you the picture. It's kind of sad. (laughs) <laughs> but if you know her now, she, <laughs> so sad. It, it, it's very sad. And, and so they looked at her brain and they said she has brain damage a pretty significant amount because she actually had a, uh, a stroke when she was being delivered um, because she was going to lose all her blood, but actually the blood clotted to wow. stop that. So she wow. had a stroke. Come on. And they said, you have, you have a stroke in your brain and you will have cerebral palsy. So we sat down in a room with a handful of doctors and I actually had my phone in my hand with a recorder on because I wanted to hear the testimony of what God would do and I wanted to get it recorded. I wanted to know the facts of what they had to say. I didn't want to ignore that. Come on. Because it would take away from how yeah, God could do. It's awesome. And, and so they said, I said, so is there a chance she can walk? And they said, no, she won't walk. If we're lucky, She'll have a brace and a walker and might be able to walk that way. Gosh. So if you know Aurora, she dances, yeah. she walks fine. And the doctors literally like months later, years later, look at that report and say, this isn't the girl. Like this, this report does not match this, this girl. Yeah. Point of that story is, is knowing who God is as God of our, God who I believe that his will was for healing for her. And so if I didn't know that or believe that, I'm not sure what would have happened. God does sovereign things and could have healed her, but I don't know. Uh, God, but I had a core value of God is our Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. He created us whole. And so that's what I believe for my daughter. Same thing with Asher. He was born. He wasn't breathing. He said life. And, and he began to breathe. So that was a principle of, of God being our healer. And, but it's so important if that, uh, that we know this. Part of 
learning to know this is encountering his love and, and the one-on-one intimacy, but also renewing our mind, knowing who he is by knowing, hearing the testimonies of him, knowing what he's done through history. And so we had two baby. We had another baby after that. She was our third. So on our, on our fifth and sixth, in the womb, when the doctors had to do C-sections, they said that we could barely see the uterus. The sac that the baby's in, it was a window, an ovarian window, they called it. And it was so thin, one of the times the doctor literally grabbed, he's like, check this out. And he grabbed her belly, or not her belly, but the, the sac the baby was in, and broke, broke it with his fingers. He said, normally I have to cut this open. This is not good. This is very dangerous. This could rupture and your wife could die if you do this again. And that was on baby four. So we had, <laughs> and we had baby wow. five. Yeah. And, and before going on, I just have to say, I was thinking about this on the way over that, you know, we're not the test God, so I don't want to take this out of context. Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted and the enemy comes and says, throw yourself off this cliff. Angels are going to catch you, you know? And, and, and Jesus says, no, I will not put the Lord God in my, to the test. Uh, so I'm not saying test God, but, I am, but there is a difference. And sometimes we might lean on, well, I don't want to test him when really God is saying to do something. Because it was pretty dangerous for Moses to lead people out of, you know, with armies chasing them. That, was a ri- that wasn't just a risk for himself. It was a risk for everybody around him. What you're saying is the difference between testing God and following him. Really knowing what really he's knowing saying. what he's saying, yeah. In that moment. Yeah. Which, which you need to know Holy Spirit to be able to do that. And, and, and also know the word because sometimes we don't hear, for the, in this case actually with Aurora, we didn't hear, I will heal her. I didn't go to the Lord and God told me he would heal her. But he did say in the word that he was our healer. So operating off the principles of who God was. Now with our last son, Maverick Joseph Brown, I was scared. And my wife, we were said, hey, we're done after five. And, but my wife said the Lord, God told her that we're going to have a son and his name would be Joseph. And she's like, I don't like normal names. You know, she's like, Joseph, we have unique names for our kids. But then God said, look up what that name means. So she looked up what the name meant, and, and, and the name means, and God will add. Wow. wow. Come on. Yeah. Sheesh. So, we, so all that to say is we felt the Lord actually saying, okay, this time I, I actually am going to give you a son. It's your choice. And that was the other thing. Jenny said, I don't have to do this. I feel like God said, it's your choice. If you want to do this, you can. I'm adding a son. And so anyway, I'll just say we knew the risk with the ovarian window, and I, was, I had to deal with a lot more overcoming fear this time. And so I had to rest in who God said, what, who God is. And God does not lie. God is a promise keeper and he will accomplish what his word was sent to do. So we have to know that. And so that's the nice thing about knowing our father is he builds trust in our relationship. And so there's trust that was built over a history with our, our, my dad in heaven. And that trust is what he says, his promises he keeps. And so 
it still takes action on our part. So all I have to say, that next baby was healthy and fine. And when they're doing the C-section, the doctor looked and said, I don't even, where's the uterus? Where's, where, where is it? It was so thin. It was like a wind. It was completely a window. It was so thin. So praise God. And, you know, maybe we're done. We'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, all that to say is yeah. hearing God and believing who he is and also off the principles of who he said he was, is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bobby, you have great stories. I love it. I mean, yeah, you have other stories I, I, I remember recalling that are in books and things like that. Um, where have you seen your own identity? Um, where are you seeing you know, your, your understanding of identity? And I love what you said, knowing his ways um, is different than knowing what he's, his works. Um, how has, uh, how has that really, um, how has that affected you as a, you know, you, you've been in ministry school, um, you got married, you did ministry, your, your father-in-law has a church, um, you've, you've lived in a church before, <laughs> it's another story, um, and, uh, but how would you say, um, some of these things have really transferred into your life as just, you know, in, as a businessman, you're a realtor, you're an investor, um, you're a coach. Um, how has some of this stuff really created space for you to step out? Because you're kind of a go-getter. You're a very strong, you know, like achiever-minded. Um, and, and, and yet, you know, you really rely, I've known you to really rely on God for so many things and, and really wait for him. You don't run ahead with your own abilities and achievements. Uh, how has it really helped? How has it really has affected you in your daily life, your identity? I think knowing his ways, knowing his heart, um, I remember when I was really getting to know the Lord, I cried out because I read Proverbs, right? Like, hey, he, Solomon cried out for wisdom. It was a good thing. And he didn't cry out for the gold. And so I cry, I've always had to cry for wisdom. And so in the beginning, I remember reading through the, through the gospels now. And when Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forget to the right and left, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And the people persecuting, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And to think that that's the creator of the whole universe coming down. Such a humbling thing. But he just, he knew who he was. He knew the mission of reconciliation. And with that mindset, he was, that was his mission from being a son. He was a son of God, just as we're sons and, and child of children of God, daughters of God that we know that in this place of love. So all that to say is I've looked at people since that day. as like, God sees us. He loves us so much that when we do stupid things, like my, if my kid doesn't understand something, he does something that I know is not right. I'm not rejecting him. I love him just. And I think about Jesus, how he loves those people that were actually persecuting him. So how does that affect my daily life? So that's kind of been a lens I've looked through is God, we're children. God created us. And, and so it helps me. I'm not, fortunately, I have struggles, but my, I don't struggle with, I don't really struggle with jealousy or competitiveness, which is interesting because I'm in sales. Um, and so I'm not, I don't really compete. I look as my life is really a mission and, and it's out of intimacy and it sounds so spiritual or like, wow, man, you must be awesome. But it's just, just this reality it's just because of what God's done in my life. He saved my life. And, 
it's just so special to me. Can I ask you what your mission is? When you say my God is like a mission, I'm like, that's a, that's cool. What's your mission? Yeah. So it's like, uh, is it it's like so make big. money and conquer things? Oh yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's all. So honestly, it's like, it's my mission is like to know God more and be right with God and be in connection with him. And out of that place, I am like releasing God. So stewarding what's in front of me while in relationship with God. So if it's my children, you know, knowing that I'm called to be a dad, I'm called to be a good husband. And that is powerful in itself, raising children and having a a present father who's in relationship with God actually motivates me to like go into the secret place. And so it's all connected um, with business. So with business, part of our business is flipping houses. So just a little part of that is I have videos of our kids. We have a house, we're renovating it. And we have worship blasting. Even my contractors have worship that they're believers. I actually put worship on. Most of them are believers. Uh, And we'll go in there and pray over the houses. Lord, let people encounter you in here. And just that's part of my mission. The mission of just bringing Jesus everywhere. In business. And so with that being said, I believe and know that there is provision. So having children brings more provision. I love the, the quote that comes to mind as soon as you said that is uh, whatever vision God gives you, he'll provide the provision, right? And so if you can figure out what your mission is, what the vision is for this season of your life or what you're doing, like he's, he felt called to move into flipping houses and stuff like that. Um, and different things, you know, and, and, you know, in that, if you believe that's what your vision is, that's, that's what you're called to do, believing who you, you are, who God says you are, meaning that he won't give you a vision that he won't provide for. And so he's providing for you, the, the workers, he's providing the finances to do the stuff you need to do. I love that. Yeah. And it's funny too, because it seems like every kid, before kids, I was pretty broke. The more kids I've had somehow, and that's, Come on. but it's just that believing that's in right. me, practically doing things as well. It's not just, oh, I believe it. And now I'm just going to, uh, money's going to fall out of the sky. I mean, hey, manna, birds from heaven, that, you know, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> Put your net on that side, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's happened. What's God doing now? Uh, so, yeah. And that's another thing is knowing that I am called to be a dad. Um, that's part of the mission. Yeah. So how can we release this and activate our, uh, our community and this stuff? Yeah, I think I want you to think about a couple of questions if you're listening to this. Because it's so important to remember the testimonies of God and what he's done. In the Bible, people had memorial stones. You know, Jacob had an encounter with angels. He went to sleep and he, he slept his head on a rock. I never can understand that. And he said, I will call this place Bethel, which... You know, what I forgot what the name means. House of God. And and just knowing and remembering the testimony. So what I want, I would encourage you to do today is to remember what are some of those things that God has done in your life? What is something that's impossible that God has done for you? Maybe he healed a family member. So as we're talking, go ahead and write this down or remember it. Maybe he healed a friend, a mom. Maybe he softened your heart to forgive somebody. It brought healing. Maybe you've forgiven yourself. What has he done for you? Write those down because it's so important to remember that. 
and and what is he, who does he say you are? So I wanted people to remember, like, who, who has he told you you are personally, but also who has he said you are in the word? So, yeah, we, we could pray and release, but I wanted to make sure you ask yourself those questions. I had a couple other questions. It's so important to remember those things. So, so why don't you put your hands on your heart now if you're watching? And, and I want, you know, you're going to remember those things. Those are going to be things that can help you strengthen yourself in the Lord. But Holy Spirit, we just welcome you just to come and speak. God, like you, like you spoke to me and just your, your love. God, that every word that comes forth your, out of your mouth is life-changing, transforming power. So Lord, we just release grace to hear your voice right now. Let people, God, we ask that you draw them into you, that they may know your voice. And I feel there might be a Joseph watching this actually. And God is calling you and he's calling you today to come back to him. He's, he's right there. That feeling you feel he's, he's there. And he's saying, today's your day, Joseph. I love you. I've never left you. So God, we just thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for your presence. As we pray, if, if Jesse, you have anything, but Lord, we just, yeah, Lord, let us just be transformed by hearing your voice today, God. Yeah, I just, I get the impression of like, you know, it's, you know, you could, you know, uh, Noah, Noah could not, no, Abraham could say, uh, I'm sorry, Moses could say, I looked back at the, um, too many great men. I look back, God, at you and the way you delivered us out of Egypt and across the Red Sea. It's like he could go back and think about these things that the God had done. What, you know, like, like Bobby said, and I almost hear us saying like, oh, I remember the season. I remember the season when I didn't have a job and you still provided. I remember the season, God, that I had two kids and my, uh, my anxiety was over the top. I was angry. You know, I, I remember the season I had this or that. And I, and I think it's, it's Start, start reminding yourself about these things, these moments when everything looked like it was supposed to fall apart, but God was faithful. See, the, the story that you might be in right now may not have the ending yet. And you still may not wonder whether God's going to deliver me from Goliath or from the bear. Uh, you know, he was going to, all his notes about David in front of me. And I was reminded how, how David actually had to remind himself about the bear and the lion and when he was facing Goliath. So, you know, I love this idea of going back. And it's, it's challenging. And, you know, one of the things I found really powerful is actually creating um, declarations and creating declarations that God will come through. God will come through. See, when you're, when you're going through the storm, you can't see. And if it's, a, if it's a really big storm, maybe you're getting particles in your eyes and you can't, and you're really, like, you're disoriented. But, you know, when, when, when we declare, sometimes with our eyes closed, God, you're going to deliver me. You are, you are the goodness of, of everything in this world has to offer me. Yeah. And, and, and that's when you can stand in front of your wife who has these different proclamations from doctors over her. And I love that. So what, but, but this is practical. You have to actually have these written down in front of you. You have to read them. And you have to get them in your heart. You have to sit with the Lord. You have to meditate. Meditating on who all that God has done is monumental. You literally cannot walk in freedom without meditating on who he is, on what his scriptures say, um, on what he has done in your life. 
And as you're saying that these notes, I did feel it was important to say that, hey, I've, in the past few years, we've really hammered after identity in the body of Christ. And now what happens from identity, just like Moses, and I'll get into David a little bit, is when we know our identity, and we know the heart of our father, we can't help but out of that place, have a heart for reconciliation of mankind to the father's heart. So we're on a mission with God. And so I did want to say, David, right? He kills the lion and the bear in the secret place. You know, in the fields, he was anointed. He, yeah. God had a plan and a purpose for him. And the reason I say this and feel like it's important is because God has these moments with you that he has developed your trust in him as a father, wow. as God with you. And that there is a harvest right now that's, that is happening across the, the world, actually. And there's been a lot of prophetic words of a billion soul harvest, which means we are actually, we need to go to work in the sense of reconciling mankind to him. And God said in Corinthians, like, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. So it's not our identity. It's not, we don't get love through performing, but, but out of being so loved, just as Jesus came from all the way from heaven to earth, right? Because of love, because if he had a heart to reconcile mankind to him, and that's what's happening now. And there's, there's been a lot of prophetic words of a billion soul harvest. Uh, Bob Jones had a word. And as a lot of you've known is, he said, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, that would be the sign that this billion soul harvest would begin to happen. And as we know, last year, the, the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl, Kim Clement just ha- he had a word in 2009 that that uh, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong Wong, or however you pronounce his name, would go brain dead. And 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 that happened yesterday. And so there's people saying he's dead. People saying he's just brain dead, and other people think he's fine. But so I think he's probably dying. But the bottom line is, he literally said he'll go brain dead. That was his word. But he also prophesied that that there would be such a move of the spirit in North and South Korea, and there would be a unity actually of North and South Korea in the in the in this next season. Come on, Bobby. And so all that to say, and he said America will look and be astounded at what God is doing over there. And so all that to say is in the Bible it says the God says I will not do anything without revealing it to my friends the prophets. So powerful. I'm just feeling God. I'm just feeling him so strong is that his friends, the prophets, and, and he has spoken so many prophetic words that we've seen come to pass that seem impossible. Not just for us personally, but as a body of Christ. And he said, church, arise and make the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of our God. And so we're called be as sons and daughters of children of God to be in this place of love, but now to mobilize to bring reconciliations to the lost, to God's heart. And so I encourage you today uh, to go. There's, there is such power in the purposes of God and the go of the gospel. So, so get up today and I just encourage you to go and to be encouraged that it's harvest, it's harvest time. Amen. Come on. Uh, can we just pray right now? I want to pray, um, pray for North and South Korea right now, Bobby. I just felt there's something powerful that just happened there. Um, God, we just pray right now, just re- re- 
lift your hands to, to heaven and just declare right now that North and South Korea will be united. That we're, you are reconciling nations to each other, God. Lord, we just pray for, uh, for Kim Jong-un and his family, God, whether, you know, whatever's going on over there, God. We pray for his family. We pray that they would know you, that there would be a transformation, there would be a, that they would have dreams about you, Father. God, I pray for, um, for, the, the, for the leader or the, the, the group that, uh, that takes over for him as he, as he steps down or if he has to be replaced through the death. God, we just we pray for the leadership of North Korea, God, that they would turn to you, God, that they would turn and be reconciled to kindness, to love, God, sacrificial love. God, we pray for North Korea, God, that you would be a great nation again in the eyes of the whole world. There would be no, there would that 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 you would no longer be the butt of jokes. You would no longer be the butt of movies. You would no longer play the villain in movies. That you would play the good guys in movies. That you would be the the saviors in movies. North Korea, we prophesy over you that you are going to actually, uh, you're going to, um, you're going to turn your name around. I think about Cambodia. Cambodia went, went, was, uh, was in a horrible situation. They were in a, a war-torn season. Um, we just watched a little documentary that Cambodia was in communism hands, and now they're actually coming out of it. They're coming out. They're they're they're, they're coming out of being the the oppressive uh, uh, regime. And so they're actually there, there is a whole new storyline being happening in Cambodia now. All new traditions. So Father, we declare in North Korea, you will have new traditions. You will have new communities popping up. The and we pray for unity, God, for all over the world. North Korea, we, we call you into greatness, into beauty. We call you into life. Jesus. And I just declare wow. to the church now that your private breakthroughs with God, it's time for those to be a corporate breakthrough, a corporate breakthrough. Like David, he killed the lion and the bear, but then he, that gave him the trust in his father where he actually came with his nation, where there was an army standing against the living God, the covenant people. And and David says, who is this guy who defies the armies of the living God? And that breakthrough, when he killed Goliath, released freedom from oppression from God's people. So that's what God is raising up chiefs right now, leaders in the body of Christ. It is time for you to rise up because your breakthrough can release corporate breakthrough. What God has done in your life. The same thing with in the Bible with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they relied on God and they said, you know what? We believe God will save us from the fire. They, they stepped in there. And what happened? It was, a, it was actually a, a whole nation changed. Nebuchadnezzar, they said, you know what? No more worshiping these other gods. We're going to worship the only true God. And so it's time for discipling nations. It's time that nations, what does it look like for a nation to be saved? I do believe that it is this time right now that nations will be getting saved and discipled. God, Jesus said, disciple the nations. And so... I'm excited. Now is the time to disciple nations. But it's like our personal identity and relationship, our breakthroughs, that trust God's build is for such a time as this for our purpose. It is for the reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, of discipling, of bringing people to the heart of the Father. Such an important mission that Jesus, for the joy set before him, came all the way down and lived his whole life and gave it up for the joy set before him to reconcile man's heart. Yeah, so Father, we thank you for today, God. I pray that um, just like Moses said, Father says, God, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. 
And so, Father, I pray that you would put in us a security that you go with us. Everywhere we go, you go with us, God. There is, there is never a time when we step into our mission, into the vision that you've given us, God. There's never a moment when you are not there with us, God. And I pray for our identity to be steadfast, that we would rest on you, God. We would rest on the rock, God. We would relax and we would, we would, just, we would, we would believe what you've called us to believe in, God. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for uh, for our nation and what's going on. We pray for uh, for businesses to be uh, to be brought back. We we pray for uh, our our economy and our government to prosper in every way. God, Lord, we love you, and uh, we just we say we're we're available, and we're ready we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Just to say if you if you believe that if you prayed that prayer, just say God send me, I'll go. God send me. Okay, awesome. Bobby, thanks for having, thanks for, thanks for coming here. Thanks for, um, for being here. It's fun to have you in person. We tried to do a little social distancing. Um, six feet. We did our best. It's about six feet. Um, it's camera angles get it all weird. Um, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave you, uh, let that, there's no, um, uh, as I leave you today, um, there's no zoom parties afterwards. We're really going to prioritize, um, something today. We're starting our round two of small groups. The link is in the, uh, is in the, uh, uh, the description of this. Otherwise you can go right to the website, our website, presenceoc.org. Top right corner, it says small groups. Click on that, put some information where, you know, what, what day of the week, what timing works for you, what region you're in, and we'll get you in a small group. We will find you a great leader. Um, man, we've, we just finished our first round and these things are fire. The testimonies I'm getting from these leaders um, is just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. People are just getting really just, they're getting encountered by God and encountered with people. So this is, this is not, not going to go away than when COVID leaves. We are actually going to keep pressing into small groups. This will be the loudest message um, of the church that you hear in the coming years. And, I, and, and I'm going to be serious about that. This will be the loudest message, um, except for the gospel. But this is what the church is about. The church is about putting people in families, putting people in, in discipleship, in iron sharpening iron. So we are not going to let off. This isn't a fad. This isn't something we did during COVID stuff. Uh-uh, let's laugh at that. This is, some, this is where the church is going, that... Um, we will move into greater places of discipleship where you will be discipled by other leaders and then you will be launched and disciple others. Your destiny is in discipling the nations and there are people in nations. So at any point you could be sent somewhere by the Lord, sent to Texas, sent to Korea. I don't go. We had a guy recently who got sent to Japan and you need to be equipped to disciple people, not just watch podcasts or listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and watch you worship and stuff. You're called to disciple. And so we want to train you up. We want to make this thing normal. We want it to come out of you. Just like, uh, you know, Victoria and Michael and Stephen just naturally jumped on the computer and started prophesying over you guys. That's going to happen to you. And I want to encourage you, jump into these small groups. This is the way that you get equipped. This is the way that you get identity in you by surrounding yourself with iron sharpeners, okay? So I, I'm going to just, I'm going to preach on that hard. So jump into that. Check out the link. Um, take a risk. If you don't know, I mean, there's so, I've heard stories already of people that are like, I was a little afraid to do it, but they did it. And man, they got so blessed and they got so connected and their world changed. Your destiny is actually in the hands of the person next to you. 
That's what you don't realize. It's not just you and God. This is you, God, and the people around you. All right, soapbox is over. We're done. I still have a microphone. Hey, we love you guys. Um, I'm going to leave this, uh, leave it running for a little bit with, our, uh, with a thumbnail up for everybody. Just kind of keep commenting if you need to. And uh, we will see you uh, next week. We now have Bible study on Monday and Wednesday. It was such a big hit. Monday and Wednesday. Monday at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, text Bi- uh, Joy Bible to 97000. Joy Bible to 97000. Um, and you'll get the link. It's the same link for the Wednesday one. But we're doing that Wednesday and, and Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 845. It's powerful. It's just phenomenal. We're going through the book of Ephesians. All right. Love you guys. Have an amazing week and uh, stay safe. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.